What is up, everybody? Leo here again with another bookful tidbit. Hope y'all are having a lovely Valentine's Day. Hanging out with that special lady friend or wonderful guy or maybe just being alone and sad. Recording in a closet. But that's not the point. The point of this episode is to dive into some interesting romantic literature and not my own love life. Yep, sorry to burst your bubble. Nothing interesting going on anyways. But today, we will be discussing a few different titles, starting with a book I read a few months back called The Rest of the Story by Sarah Dessen. It was a classic romance novel, and I have to say, though it did contain a good amount of tropes, and though I've heard that Sarah Dessen's novels are very similar as to go along, it is a solid, good, well-written story. And I really did appreciate a lot of the characters that she worked with, and just the overall setting of the book. You can read my full review on Goodreads sometime if you want to. Uh, I was very proud of that thing. I spent like a solid 15 minutes writing it. What I really wanted to get in today, though, about the rest of the story is the romance it works on and portrays throughout the book. Now, I don't want to spoil it because who likes that? Uh, But I will go ahead and just explain a lot of the basics. There's a bit of a love triangle that goes on. I would argue it's not really a love triangle because it's obvious who the main character will end up with. But, Emma Saylor does interact with a few different guys while she is on the journey of uncovering her mother's past and learning how she is tied and connected to the summer vacation spot, North Lake and Lake North. What really stuck out to me in this book was one of the relationships she had with the Love Triangle guys and just how their relationship moved and worked and how it kind of just began to blossom and grow throughout the book. I really appreciated it. The They used to be childhood friends, and then she moved away because of reasons I will not mention, because I want you to read it and figure it out and gain all the awesomeness of the story. But she did have to go away for a while, but then return to the summer camp vacation, not summer camp, to the vacation spot, and uh, she got to meet up with him again. Now, before we go any further in talking about romantic relationships in books, I really wanted to stop and define love a little bit, because I am going to be working with that concept throughout this little tidbit of a podcast. So, how I define love is the relinquishing of one's entire, or in some cases partial, life to another. In other words, living for somebody else. What do I mean by this? Well, when I say living for somebody, I mean that in all that you do, you are seeking to do what is best for that person. That is what I define as true love. Now, naturally, there can be different kinds of love. For example, a best friend versus a boyfriend or girlfriend. A brotherly or sisterly love will indeed behave differently than a romantic love. However, you can still live for that person 
in a similar way that you can live for your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Even though a romantic love does not behave the same as a brotherly or sisterly love, they can still be equal in essence, just different in how they work. The way I live for my girlfriend may look differently than the way I live for my brother and sister. It does not mean that I love my brother or sister or girlfriend less than one another. It just means that the way I love them is different. Now, why does this matter exactly? Well, I wanted to elaborate on this because sometimes, especially in our Western culture, we can get an idea of something being love when it's actually not. This can be seen when somebody chooses or looks to take what they want to have rather than give what they want to receive. When it comes to talking about romance, I always really enjoy the saying, it takes two to tango. Because if you are seeking to be in a successful relationship, I got some news for you. It will never, ever, ever work out unless you and your partner decide that they want to live and to work for each other. Not in a business sense. I mean that you are going to take everything that you can do and relationship successful. That can be spending important time with each other, seeking to find compromises, seeking to understand each other better, better and deepen your relationship. If you choose to simply try to find what you want in a relationship, it will become one-sided, it will fall down on itself, and you will be left in a sad puddle of sorrow. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, what does this have to do with literature? Well, Actually, we see this in a lot of romantic fiction and nonfiction, uh, and I'm going to be taking a good example from actually the rest of the story. And I might take a little bit from Pride and Prejudice because we're on Valentine's Day and we're talking about romance. How could I not talk about Pride and Prejudice? But before we get to that, the rest of the story does give an excellent example of what I'm talking about. Now, I don't want to spoil too much about the book. But, as we know about love triangles, one of the guys obviously doesn't end up with a girl. That's just how it works. Well, most of the time. As with Emma Saylor and her unfortunate love triangle character, the relationship starts off fairly well. They meet, they have a good chemistry, they talk, they decide eventually, after a few uh, times, a few different events, to start dating. And all goes well uh, up until another fairly large event where the uh, unfortunate love triangle character begins to show his true colors. In which he is depicted as a rather selfish and non-cooperative partner who simply cares about as long as you're doing what I want, I'm happy to be in this relationship with you. This obviously kind of ticks Emma Saylor off as anybody would be ticked off by it, and she ends up breaking up with him right there on the spot. Now, it obviously doesn't take a love guru to realize that a relationship like that is not a healthy one. But what makes it so? Well, tying back to what I talked about before, if you're somebody who only cares about themselves, eh, 
being in a relationship with two people is not going to be very easy. However, traits like these are not as easily explained and depicted as they often are in romance novels. If someone seems selfish, or inconsiderate, or is just suffering in the relationship state, it can be caused by deeper wounds unseen, or perhaps an ignorance of some sort. I always want to make it clear that everybody has a story, and that you're not the main character in it. So, we need to think about whenever we're interacting with people, how are they feeling? What is happening within their life? What does it mean when I interact with them? Because only when we shift our gaze off of ourselves will we truly be able to see and help those around us. A great example of this is Pride and Prejudice. Now, if you haven't seen our top 10 book lists of all time, go watch it, you pagan. It is great and hype, and one of the big things I put up on there is Pride and Prejudice. Now, Pride and Prejudice is not a perfect romance story. I'm just going to throw that out there. However, it is pretty darn close. Without spoiling the entire story of Pride and Prejudice, which I totally could, oh, by the way, insert, if you guys want me to do quick, really quick tidbits on book reviews, especially for school books, I am down to do that. Hit me up in the Discord or email us at bookfulthoughts at gmail.com if you like that idea. But back to Pride and Prejudice. One of my favorite things about the story is when Mr. Darcy realizes the wrong he has committed and goes out and seeks to fix it. However, he does not seek to fix it to get back into any sort of relationship. He simply wants to make it right without being known. Now, why is this so good? Why am I focusing on this so much? Why am I such a nerd about Pride and Prejudice? Because Mr. Darcy would have only seeked to, and I'm going to spoil this a little bit, I'm sorry, he would have only seeked to rejoin Elizabeth's sisters and his friend's love again if he fixed his gaze off of himself and onto those around him. The whole reason Mr. Darcy did what he did is because he didn't want his friend to get hurt. He didn't want him to go through the same pain that he had gone through in his lifetime. So he said, you know what? This isn't worth it. It's not good for you. I'm going to break it off. However, until he started interacting with Elizabeth and realized, wait a second, this is a legitimate relationship. And until he stopped focusing on himself and his experiences and looked around to those who he loved and those who were important to them and their experiences, only then did he begin to see the truth. I'm not saying that you should never ever focus on yourself. Don't hear me saying that. However, we shouldn't put ourselves first because our vision will always be skewed. That's why I love Pride and Prejudice so much. Because of that character shift that Mr. Darcy experiences and the re realization that he comes to, which is that he was wrong and that he's done wrong to those he really cares about. So, what does he do? He walks it back, admitting where he was wrong, and begins to make everything right. Not so that he can clear up his name, and so that he can get what he wants, but because it is right. 
He specifically moves around so that Elizabeth doesn't know what he's doing. And he fixes the thing with one of her younger sisters. He fixes Jane's, Elizabeth's sister's relationship. And then, at the very end, Elizabeth realizes it. She gets word of it, and she realizes what he's done. And then she goes, oh my goodness. This is actually a really good guy. The whole story revolved around Elizabeth's view of Mr. Darcy. She thought that he was mean and selfish and just somebody who only cares about himself. And I would argue for a good bit of the story, she was probably right. However, tying back into what I said earlier, Mr. Darcy had experienced some pretty rough stuff. He had a brother, when and when his father died, the money kind of was split up more towards him and I'm going to hang on now I'm going to spoil it I don't want to spoil it go read Pride and Prejudice ladies and gentlemen the gist of that other thing was he has been through some stuff and that shaped him into the man he was however only when he saw how his actions were affecting other people could he make that shift to doing what was right that is what men and women of character do. That is what humility looks like. And I really wanted to stress this in this coming Valentine's Day because we can get so caught up in the feel and the hype and the passion of relationships and romance that we can forget to make sure it is a right relationship. If you do not seek to live for the person you are in a relationship with, it will fall apart and you will end up hurting something that is extremely important. Guys, relationships are important. People are important. And how we interact with them is extremely important. So, I say all that to say that I really hope you guys enjoy your Valentine's Day. And that when you build relationships, relationships that you want to last, that you really seek to look past one another and at their needs and experiences and passions and flaws and perfections, that you really seek to know and to love that other person. Because only then will you both form a bond that is truly powerful and that is truly unbreakable. This was Leo, and I really do appreciate you listening to my bookful thought.